The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. Well, it is half of infinity. Three is half of infinity? Yeah. Because if you use a three and you use the mirror image of the three, you put them together and then turn it on its side, what do you have? An infinity sign. Yes. You're getting into some really uh, <laughs> abstract non-math. It's like the two, well, that's like well. the two plus two equals five discussion that happened a while ago on social media. Did you catch that one? No, I missed that. What was it about? <laughs> you don't even, I don't want, even to. want to talk about it. I really don't want to talk well, about it. Well, two plus two can be five, depending on which reality you're from. Well, two plus two could technically be five in like binary code, right? Or something like that. Like, Yeah, I don't remember my bytes and bits well yeah, enough. We're talking. But I can, I can tell you there it's, you know, it's all ones and zeros, right? But you know why they yeah. take ones and zeros? You know what it stands for? Enlighten me, Paul. It's just switches, right? Yes. Ons and on offs. Off. Ons on and off. offs. Yeah. 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 Well, I feel like now I'm talking out of my uh, my ass, which is normally <laughs> <laughs> what we do with this podcast. Um, but, you know, hey, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Wolf and the Bull podcast. Uh, thanks so much for joining us again. I'm sure that you either A, stumbled upon our podcast and said, what in the hell is this? What is this cool design? What is this logo? I'm it is pretty cool, myself. by the I'm way. I'm flattering myself. I like it. Yeah, I think we should go to Fiverr and maybe solicit some professional work, but I tried. Okay. I think the wolf and the bull may be taking something, ingesting something to create a logo quite like that. Yeah. I'm iridescent, for God's sakes. Yeah, you are. You're, you're very colorful. Between the two of us, you're the more flamboyant <laughs> I'm a, one. I'm a tie-dye bull. <laughs> but, uh... About our other uh, episodes, if you haven't listened to them, go ahead and check them out. Uh, last episode, we decided, decided to talk about uh, Demi Lovato and her very um, artful her, way her of... Her very chilly okay. reception. Yeah, wow, that yeah. was the no. most dad of all dad jokes. Yeah, well, I try. Um, and then we you know, discussed uh, you know, the general loss of privacy and whether or not we're in a, in a dystopia. Are we? I don't know. I have no idea. Do you know? I don't think so. I don't think any of us knows. I think we all know nothing, and all of us are know-nothings. Well, as you said before, we'll know when we're dirty enough. Right? No, no, you There's said that. It's always very dusty and no, dirty. You, no, you, you talking said about that. Remember the movie? Yes, Remember yes. what's his name? Yeah, and I said ground. that's not. Dirty. In 1984, they weren't dirty. They were all really clean. I know you're talking about Elysium with yes, Matt Damon. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. That's one of the, well, actually, there's a lot By of the way, examples. How was your day today, Wolf? Oh, wow. Have um, you been in the den? I am or out of the den, the cave. The cave. Um, I am. I'm weathered. You're weathered today. As I am, no, I'm a hum, I'm just weathered in general. I, I have gotten to this point, and it looks like an old leather mitt. Yeah, yeah. The the lady wolf, um, voice of reason, and I are just kind of just existing at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I've I've really developed a very extreme dislike of a certain 
individual and there's a lot of mm. them. There's a lot of individuals like this individual. And I'm not going to say it in the sense that I dislike this person for who they are. I've just really Do you actually gotten, know this person or no. is it just well, I know what they're the caricature of this person. Right. Yeah. So I know what they're broadcasting out into the open. I know what they are choosing to make more poignant than that thing really is. If that makes any sense. You know, oftentimes I wonder if how much of those things are an act are a broadcast of a character that those people think are giving them something that they're looking for, some kind of fulfillment. It's kind of like what we were talking about with, with our girl Demi, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, same exact thing. Is, is this really about a show coming up? Is it really about the way she feels about sugar cookies? I don't think that matters. Or is it really just a, a mental break? I don't think any of that matters. I think all of it's profitable to a certain extent for that particular person. Um, one thing I can say, and I'm just, I'm going to give a name to this individual and this person really doesn't exist. They're not really a person. It's more of an idea. I'm getting really tired of cancel culture and Puritanism. Now hold it, hold it, hold it. Um, cancel culture or is it called something else? Like, uh, well, some people would say it doesn't exist at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, you know, I'm not one of those, uh, flying spaghetti monster cancel culture individuals. I think that it does exist. Um, Mm. some people, um, like the reading rainbow guy, LeVar Burton. You know, what's funny is you think of him as reading rainbow. Yeah. I think of him as, what was his character's name on Star Trek? Uh, I never, I'm going to admit something to you. I never got into Star Trek. Well, this wasn't the original. Obviously he's not, he's not as old as, as, as those guys, but he wasn't with Leonard Nimoy, but he was, he was Geordi. Jordy was this character. Oh, with the the, with the, the, visor. the visor. That was the visor. That was I didn't like, know and, that. and before that, what's his what's his initial claim to fame? Do you know? No. You don't. I don't. You remember him see, this everybody see, I, is how we know the age difference between the wolf and the bull. Okay, first of all, you're you're there's no they don't know. For all I know, I could they for all they know, I could be living under a rock. I could be your famous character. You'll recognize the name. It was a nineteen late nineteen seventies uh, series on television. Roots. I have never once watched his character. An if I remember correctly, I believe he was Kunta Kinte. I hope. Sorry, Mike. Mike Whoop. is getting adjusted. I hope you're right about that, and I hope it's not some sort of. I hope you I hope you know for a fact that that, that is one hundred percent who he was. I do not know that for hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. But this is my opinion. <laughs> well uh, thank God I this believe is an it opinion is. podcast. No, it, it I, I believe he was. And he did a wonderful job in that series. It was mm-hmm. a, a famous book, uh, Arthur Haley mm-hmm. put or Alex Haley, I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a, a great miniseries, very renowned uh, in it and it got him a job eventually as a reading reading to kids on and guess what now guys he's reading to adults on tv and saying things like cancel culture is accountability culture and you know what i have look look i don't have what i have a problem with is not the fact that we have a you know semblance of accountability within our, our society i think that in order to have a civil society you need to have some semblance of moral structure and accountability the problem is this isn't accountability See, it's not accountability. When I think of accountability, I think of accountability in terms of the individual, right? You're accountable for your actions. You're accountable for things you say. And, and, but how 
we're all accountable to that, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. So, I, yeah, to some degree, yeah. So how is how does cancel culture turn into accountability culture when half of the things people say are, again, just one side of a particular argument? Or, or, or even better yet than that, it's not even that there are two sides of your argument. There's a sliding scale of how people believe mm-hmm. on any particular subject. Yeah. Which and that's and that's the thing is, uh, well, this kind of segues into something that I've been wanting to bring up. It's not really a structured topic, so forgive me, listeners, for not having, you know, a bunch of data to support my upcoming anecdotes. Um, But I've really, along with this, you know, these these off the cuff statements from the Lavar Burtons or the Demi Lovatos or you literally name any major celebrity, and they've got some sort of you know, pointed agenda that they know very little about that they decide to talk about. And you know, what's funny about all that is it's not just specifically with celebrities and this, obviously I'm talking to ourselves as well. Cause right now we're giving people bias opinion. Um, but I cannot tell you the amount and it, it surprises me. Have you seen all the explosion, you know, all the, the massive growth with all the backseat journalists and backseat doctors and backseat police officers and backseat politickers these days there's Mm -hmm. so many i mean we are we are not in any shortage of people who think they know what the fuck they're talking about well it's it's, you know it's funny because a couple of podcasts ago you talked about criticism in the in the understanding as a human being that you must be able to both absorb and uh broadcast criticism not to people as themselves as individuals, but in terms of their actions, their comments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is the same argument people use on one side of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is tolerance. Yeah, yeah but they're it's not. A, but, well, well I, I think it's the problem is you've got, you've got one side of an equation that sees themselves as righteous, not just right, but righteous. And there's a big difference between that because I think I'm right all the time, as you well know. And quite frankly, I am right all the time. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) But but we all think that to a degree. And the whole idea is to have conversations around whatever the whatever the arguments or subjects are to kind of create a common ground we can walk upon together. Yeah. Not part. Well, the argument and this is the well, here's the thing is people get all up in arms about arguing and and, you know, criticizing and, um, you know, as you just said a second ago, tolerance and the, the, the gradations of differences of being intolerant and being accepting and all that bullshit. You know, it's funny that everyone and all these and I've gotten in so many discussions with people that I know and don't know about these various topics, because obviously I have opinion as everyone listening knows I, you have opinion as Mm -hmm. everyone listening knows we have enough to be able to talk into the, the ethosphere of podcasting Mm -hmm. to give us, to give people our on their, you know, our unwarranted opinion. Um, but the funny thing about all this is people keep forgetting that an argument or a discussion is not in an attempt to disprove the other position. It's in an attempt to understand the other position. And when it comes to criticizing, it's totally fine to say, you know what, X situation. You know what? There's a prime example. It happened mm-hmm. uh, in our in our local area, in the local woods of the the wolf and the bull. Um, and of course, it involved the thing that everyone can guess it involved. Uh, mm-hmm. An individual who is tasked with um, serving our public with a myriad of different weapons and a myriad of different decisions. Policia. Yeah, yeah. And um, unfortunate incident happened. Now, I'm not going to really give any exact positioning on that incident because I'm not a police officer. I don't know 
what a police officer's day-to-day activity is. I could go on a ride along. I'm sure that would be insightful. It's not meant to tell me all the intricacies of being a police officer. Just like if I were to show up as a kid to my, you know, you know, father's job, I'm not going to know how to do his job from just doing showing up once. And, you know, the frustrating thing about all this, and this is not coming from someone who's a back the blue person. I'm not a back the blue person. I'm also not the alternative. I'm in the middle. Because I think that there's situations where people are just total assholes, and there's situations where people who are not total assholes get taken advantage of, and then there's situations where good people on both ends have an unfortunate situation that ends poorly for both of them. Wouldn't it be better to be back the truth? You know? Yeah. Don't back this or back that. Back the truth. The truth is, in the truth, in part depends on from the eye of the beholder, of course, but what it really depends on is common agreement. And to go back to what you're talking about for a second, I think seek first to understand, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then seek to be understood. Well, you, and, well, and the funny thing about all this is, and, and what is the phrase? Um, you shouldn't throw uh, stones from a glass house. Um, and, and <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't throw them from a glass house, but you also well, shouldn't the throw exact, them. The exact phrase, it's a European parable, ironically. It's not from the Bible. People say it's from the Bible, not from the Bible. Um, hmm. It is. It is literally those who live in glass houses should not throw stones. I don't think there were a lot of glass back in the days of uh, the Bible no, uh, being yeah, written. Yeah. So, well, I, I think Obama said that once, and people were like, "Oh, it's biblical." No, it's not. <laughs> Everything um, Obama said was biblical. You okay. Know that. Well, okay. Yeah. Sure. He, he had the bully pulpit. So, yeah, well, referring to no, all yeah. of our presidential dictators are exactly biblical. there. Um, but you know what's funny is, I guess my point in saying all this is not to critique. You know the uh, is not to critique the um, the bleeding hearts, but also to critique the bleeding hearts because with this particular situation that I brought up, uh, it was with an individual who was a, a lesser you know person of society. They didn't have a place to stay. They didn't have a job. Many would use terms like unfortunate soul or vagrant, and it's sad. But the thing that constantly gets me angry about all this is people don't care until the problem is already over with. It's like, it's like a, I guess a good example is like a four-way intersection. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where you I know, was going to. Well, we have stop signs and stop signs are only so good until there's a major accident mm-hmm. or in some instances, there's no stop signs. Why don't we put stoplights there in the first place? It's why? It, well, because you're, you're having to, to forecast something that hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. So and we're reactive animals. So well, we're not proactive. We're reactive animals. Tech, well, yes, science would suggest that that's true. Uh, you know, behavioral studies would suggest that that's true. Well, it goes that further than that in this case because we're civilized, right? And this is sure supposedly. <laughs> and this this goes more to the amount that it takes to get something done. So when people weigh decisions, especially, I don't, let's talk about the, the at a city level, the stop yeah, sign, but a stop city light. Planner kind of is tasked with well, making they, the, all the plans are there, definitely there. If there's a, a, I'll tell you the perfect example. I used to live, well, I used to live down uh, uh, near a frontage road mm-hmm. that you would have to cross on kind of a side road that was a shortcut to my neighborhood. Yeah. And it had... Your pasture it, was, was out there, right? Yeah. Well, I had to cross it. I had to get all the cows across with me. Mm, okay? That's unfortunate. That was it was a very moving experience. You in good terms with the Australian shepherd that helped you? Come on. You guys? Give me a golf clap for that, okay? <laughs> that was, Something, for God's sake. Rough. It was terrible. That I was know, really it was. bad. But any any event, you know, uh, I used to have to cross that road, and I'd have to wait till there was a clearance to do it, because I had a stop sign. They did not, period. Mm-hmm. And I always used to say to my wife, Sooner or later, somebody's going to get killed here. 
until they put a stoplight in. Sure enough, about two years later, somebody got killed there. And that is an and utterly it, sad story. And you didn't like mine. I'll at least give you a courtesy <laughs> chuckle on that. <laughs> oh boy! That see, see, you give me you worse. give me shit about that, that stuff. Was mine was so that much was worse than yours, though. <laughs> nah, they both work. What the hell? Any event, the the whole point is is that if you went to a city planner about that very crossing ten years before that accident happened. I'd be willing to bet there was a white paper sitting around somewhere on all the different places there should be stop signs, and that was on that list. And it didn't get done, and it didn't get funded because somebody looked at the statistics and the history, big data on that back at the time, and said, nothing's ever yeah, happened but, there. Uh, but I guess the counter-argument now is the big data is available to look at instances like that and say, well, most big accidents... data is history only. I, I understand, but stoplights have been around for a long enough time that we can pull for that data. Kind of like with, you know, I'm a, I'm a wolf that likes to ride on two wheels, right? So when I took my safety classes to be able to get to hop on a two-wheeled motorized vehicle, they told me the statistics associated. He has a moped. Yeah, no, a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm so cool. So much cooler than you. Um, but but uh, the, the, the statistics that they gave me in my safety class involved, you know, the, the areas where they see most motorcycle fatalities. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happened when it came to, you know, four-way intersections, when it came to roundabouts, when it came to driving into corners. Believe it or not, most fatalities on a motorcycle, and this is an off topic, but it has to do with what we're talking about. Uh, most fatalities on a motorcycle have to go, have to do with driving into a corner too fast. Hmm. Motorcyclist problem, not a driver's problem. I would have suspected it was a mm -hmm. a surrounding environment. Nope. You know, the cars driving too fast, being stupid, and mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that that you know the other ones aren't also high because they are extremely high. Aren't those two of the requirements for for owning that kind of bike though? No. No, not mine. No, 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 no. Mine is not super fast. One day I'll have a super fast bike, but I'm not going to drive like a moron. But I guess my point is, you know, when it comes to the situation with the uh, police in our local area, um, there's so many people that are quick to either A, jump down the police officer's throat, or B, jump down the victim's throat, and not take a position in the middle and say, look, Sometimes, by nature and virtue of the occupation, shit happens, well, and it's unfortunate. Wolfie, let's unpack that for just a second, too, because this, this kind of thing it upsets me a great deal. Because it's, we have it in this country... Everyone. We Everyone's have, angry. Well, but there's three positions of anger here. The position of the victim, the position of the, the police, if you want to call it a victim, because they're both a victim and a, and a criminal in this case that I believe you're talking about, but that's, that's neither here nor there. If you're getting shot and killed, you're a victim of being shot and killed. Right. Yeah. But in the, the third position is, is everybody that's, that looks at those other two positions and said, everybody's being so freaking unreasonable. And it's, it's, it's unconscionable to me that in our society, because we're supposed to be, as I said earlier, civilized, and we have a rule of law, we have procedures to go through. We have ways to change those procedures outside of anarchy. And instead of doing that, everybody wants to take a, a limited outside position on either end and yell as loud as they freaking can and get more and more polarized. And then there's a couple of us sitting in the middle and raising our hands going, can everybody listen to something called reason? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to take a breath. I can see some steam coming out of the, the, the nose yeah. here. Make sure, I'm glad you're not wearing a red cape today yeah, because you'd be in big trouble. I would be screwed. Well, and I get what you're saying. I think this problem, though, and I could be completely wrong, I think this problem does not lie so much within the, the the judicial system or the legislative system. I think it lies 
with I can't say those words, so laugh at me all you want. Let no, it judicial, sounded like no. Instead of judicial system, you said judicial. No, see, I'm saying it wrong. See, you're saying it wrong now too. It, it sounded like shitsome. Judicial shitsome. Shitsome, um, which seems to be appropriate. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the the point is not that the problem lies inherently there. I think the point, as we discussed, and we'll probably discuss in this podcast, it lies with our culture. I and what I said a few minutes ago. Where we're all look, I'm gonna say the f word because, and it's not indicting of these <laughs> we're people. We're preparing everyone say, out there. Where the fuck were all these fuckers screaming and yelling? about all the negatives and the positives about being a victim or about being a police officer before this happened. Where were they? Were they picking their ass on the side of the road? I have, a, I have an interesting anecdotal story that I'm going to tell. Give me one okay, second. Go ahead. When I was in high school, I, I, I was in a relationship with an individual who will remain unnamed because I don't want to slight this person. Very nice individual. I, I, one of the days we decided, and I, and I was a poor kid, right? I, I didn't come from anything. I, I, my parents were poor. My dad had you know multiple jobs throughout his life. We didn't come from a wealthy background. Believe it or not, that doesn't come by virtue of whatever culture you're from. That comes by, you know, work. And unfortunately, we had a lot of unfortunate things come our way. But when I was in a relationship with this individual, we were down by the, by the ocean, right? And we were, we were having a date down by the ocean. And I saw someone who was homeless on the side of the road. And this is not me virtue signaling to everyone to tell everyone how great I am. But I gave the person $20. That was all I had. I had it from my parents. That's all I had. We had just gotten some ice cream. We hadn't gotten lunch yet. And I gave them what I had in my pocket. And the person that I was with looked at that person and crossed to the other side of the sidewalk away from them. And in that moment, I realized people really don't give a shit about the arguments that they make. They only give a shit about the positions that they take within their own social sphere that makes them look good amongst their peers. They don't really care. There's definitely a component there. I'm sorry for getting so frustrated, but that bothers me. An awesome story, and it tells everybody that's listening out there what kind of heart can be in a wolf. It tells He's everyone not, how great they're a not just I tearing am. small furry animals <laughs> apart all the time. They can actually do good things too, and that's a great example because you. Th- the question would be if you dug into the psychology both for you and your partner that was there, what would you think the psychology would? Be? I mean, obviously you can look into your own mind, and, and I, you know, maybe the psychology it changes. Well, no, hold on. I, I, I would, I would guess that you said you said to yourself, "This person is both in need, and I know how it feels. I can empathize with how that feels because I've been through problems myself, and I'm willing to give away something I have now to help them." And that's something that whenever I make these arguments, most of the people, and I'm not, I'm broad stroking, so forgive me. Most of the people that I've talked to don't come from that position. Because That's most correct. people, most people, at least in my instance, because I was, uh, you know, I was in a compromised homeless situation when I was a child mm-hmm. with my family. Most people never had that mm-hmm. for the period of time that I had that. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess my point is, it's impossible for people to take these empathetic arguments, which I hate empathy. I hate it. I hate it so much because it's a lie. I think it's only it's a lie unless you go through it. That's exactly. That's right. my point. It's a lie unless you go through it. Most people don't go through these things. Mm-hmm. Most people will never be shot by so, the police. But, Most people will never have these instances occur in which they can say, oh, I was there, so I know how it feels. So they take these self-righteous indicting of whichever party positions in support of their own bias in order to make themselves feel better in the broad They're taking a third-person position on any given subject and actually putting themselves in it as if they're first person. Yeah, and they're not, not. You can't do that. And you can't do it. And, and see, so so going back to your story again for just a second, that person that was with you, mm-hmm. 
you're looking back at her and saying, you know, I, I don't understand why they would do that. They're, they're, but I'm saying, and I'm giving people benefit of the doubt on this, that person didn't grow up like you. I understand that. And I'm not and that indicting person, that person. Well, let me add one thing to person. it. No, I, that's what you said. I know you're not indicting them. But I, I would suspect that that person was brought up in a family or around a circle of friends or relationships that advised her in some way, either strong or weak, to fear what she just saw. And that's probably true. Um, but I yeah. guess this is this is all getting to the you know the other thing we discussed earlier today. And this is about and in relation to this you know I guess pseudo parable, even though it's a real event from my life, pseudo parable for everyone else. Um, I gave that person, both the homeless person and the person I was with, benefit of the doubt. Meaning, I I gave the person of my own ability what I could, money, even though I didn't know whether they were a panhandler or a drug dealer mm -hmm. or whatever. Because I thought this person's like me. They've hit unfortunate circumstances. I wish I would have had that when I was younger. And then simultaneously with the person I was with, I said, she probably doesn't understand it from the point I'm at. So mm -hmm. I'll give that person a ben the benefit of the doubt. I'll give them a free pass. And what I'm starting to notice is people Nobody are not doing pass. that anymore. Like a prime example is what I mentioned earlier this week. And I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot of people have seen this. Over 3 million people saw it earlier this week. The Holiday Inn video. Oh, yeah. Where, where some dude Which decided to terrible. fucking film someone who clearly has mental issues. And that, that is another thing we could rant on about forever because no one that cares. is something yeah, that no our society in general doesn't even pay attention to the way it should anymore. Well, they don't pay attention to it until like something this, this happens individual. like the person in our town. Yes. It's Same like, thing. Why? You can look, we might be reactionary creatures, but we're also... And, but we're also sympathetic creatures mm -hmm. and we're altruistic creatures. Mm -hmm. By nature of being human, altruism flows through our brains, brains, veins, both. <laughs> um, I'm not suggesting that it comes naturally to everyone, but e e there's so many of these individuals, like this guy at the Holiday Inn, he was clearly having a bad day. Mm -hmm. The guy punched he, the, the, this individual, a little backstory. Um, Obviously, a miscommunication from the employee at the Holiday Inn who was suffering from some things and no mm -hmm. longer works there. Uh, had an altercation with someone who came into the, the, the store. The guy who was, I guess, berating and harassing this individual decides to pull up his phone and start filming him. In the midst of their, I think it was like a reservation issue. It looks like, yeah, it looks Something like, like that. that. Yeah. And so this guy, one, he has... I have people in my pack and you have people in your herd mm -hmm. that struggle with the issues like this. And my heart goes out to those people because they are forgotten. And when it comes to this individual, the guy's berating him over the camera. The individual starts punching himself in the face, takes his head, bangs it against the computer, says, you've ruined my day. You've ruined my life. And then he goes around the corner and starts weeping. And the guy still continues to film him. My question for everyone who's out there who may stumble upon this podcast in the future or right now is why in the fucking hell would anyone think that that is appropriate? There's nothing appropriate. There's about no it. instance. And now we didn't see anything from before the initiation of the camera. Sure, event. And I but get that. that. Doesn't... I get that. But there's no, <laughs> there's no justification for it. And look. We're all individuals. We all got all kinds of problems and certainly people with uh, mental deficiencies of some sort. That is a people we talk about that is somehow different than physical deformity. It's different only in the place it resides. Mm -hmm. Right. The, 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 our world is full of very complex things and none of us are perfect and we all have flaws. And some people 
in terms of what we look at as a society and what we say is, quote unquote, within the parameters of normal, a lot of people are on the fringes or on the outside of that. And yet they're doing their best to fit into society. And I'm not saying this person is didn't have any fault in this initiation of this confrontation at all. But it's very evident when you look at that that uh, video that the person filming this was trying to make it happen. Well, you're the bad guy in that situation when you do that. And, and yes. what I mean by this is, look, I'm not saying that people shouldn't film instances of injustice. I'm not saying people shouldn't film instances of, um, you know, immoral behavior. The filming starts the process well, to make something happen. It's exactly. like creating an avenue to get out of it what they want. I'm sorry to interrupt well, you, no, Wolf, but that's what it's, I'm seeing well, all the time. Well, I guess the problem now is you're no longer making an argument when you start clicking the record button. You're no longer giving that person in the atmosphere that we're in, you're no longer giving that person the benefit of the doubt. You're no longer uh, providing that person any semblance of grace. You're no longer providing that person any avenue to defend themselves because one, I don't know about you. I've never been put on the spot in the camera, but I can assure you most people who are, what do they do? They act frightened. They deer in headlight syndrome pops in. Mm -hmm. They act awkward and they say stupid shit. And for me, it's like, look, there are days where I'm driving down the road in the freeway 85 miles an hour and some dude blows by me at 115. I'm not going to follow him at 100 miles an hour and get him on camera and get his fucking license plate and be like, look at this dipshit and throw him on the internet. Like, when does that become acceptable behavior? It's become more than acceptable. It's become regular it's become behavior. cheered on behavior. Right. That's maybe even a better way to put it. It's been cheered on. And that is where our culture keeps moving quicker more and more toward it's already there it's it's any behavior good bad or indifferent gets those people 15 seconds or 15 minutes or 15 hours or 15 years of fame well but i guess the the, the question that i have for these individuals who uh, i guess they would be baiters of some sort um like b-a-i-t-e-r mm, yes um they uh the question i have for them most is, of them are masters at that but oh, i knew you were gonna go there what master what they're about? master debaters um they they're really good oh, at debating wolfie, wolfie. Um, get your mind with out of the den. yeah right the, the cave um <laughs> <laughs> but uh i guess my my point in question for those people because I don't know about you. I don't want to be famous. I'm not doing this podcast because I want to be famous. I'm doing this podcast because I think people need to hear discussions like this. I think people need to listen mm -hmm. to things like this. I think they need to open their perceived availability bias and stretch it further than their Look, own, you know, two eyes can and, allow and them here, to see. Here's the, here's the challenge for both of us in anybody doing something like this. I think what we have to say, we've talked about a million different subjects, you know, with a with a, a glass of whiskey and or a beer or something around a table or a pizza or whatever. I mean, and five, we've done, but yes, a million. No, no. Like I mean, we've done it oh, over general, time yes, yeah. without microphones, yes. et cetera. And the idea of this is that our world is a stream of consciousness now. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with filling the world with things you believe. What becomes wrong with it is when you believe that your uh, view of everything is the only view. Well, I guess that is just that is so narcissistic. It's unbelievable. Well, it's not only narcissistic; it's very insidious. And the the question I have, you know, after discussing, where does all this shit go? I mean, we discussed dystopia in our last podcast, and this is why I think we're already there because of this bullshit. 
You know, we are playing this game of ultimate morality, of black and white, of no gray, of no context, of no nuance whatsoever when it comes to the public square. And people are going to be caught with their pants down, literally and figuratively, when the argument comes their way. Because well, when you start filming... So how do you protect yourself with this? You know what you exactly you do? No, you do. Mm. No matter which side of the equation on, you know how you protect yourself? You get around like minds. So you get in that echo chamber and you start creating this. Yeah. This no, but no. yeah, you start you start gathering up this identity politic, nope. and you're in a tribe, and they're in a different tribe. Look, and well, and I agree, and I and and this is you're making a good point. I mean, tribalism is pervading through our society at an unprecedented rate. Tribalism has always been around. I mean, it, for since mm-hmm. the beginning of humanity, it's always been around. I think the difference, and this is something that is distinctly unique to. I would argue the last maybe 300 years in human history, or yeah, a little bit, with the the Western prescribed ideals of the Enlightenment, with the Western prescribed ideals of, you know, like we discussed earlier, civic duty and, and um, civil society and logic and critical thinking. All of these things are relatively new-ish when it comes to being accepted at broad scale, Right. So when we have instances like tribalism just running rampant, the question I have is why is it that we are choosing to polarize ourselves around things that are so incredibly shallow and so incredibly full of shit that anybody with a brain can say, what the fuck are we doing? Well, it's interesting to me because the tribes in the past were, if you look at you know, anthropologists and how they study ancient civilizations and new structures they found in, in the Mayan jungles and all this, all the different things that, that you can read and look up on a historical level. You find that these, the tribalism then, the civilizations were created and, and grown from there were always based around a, a religious commonality and they were based around socioeconomic situations. In other words, we have this this uh, efficient system, a symbiotic relationship between some people in a city that have goods that they're in trading routes going from city to city or tribe to tribe. And then we have farmers that are supplying food to this. There's 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 a symbiosis that creates a that culture, yeah. that tribe. And what we have now is we have these tribes surrounding ideas based on, as you said, very, very shallow things like, you know, how much melanin I have. Well, right? well, yes, uh, and and I think that's a, a a problem. I guess the point that I'm, and I think that's a major problem. But I guess the point that I'm getting at is, Western prescribed civilization was one of the first civilizations to, in the very beginning, even though you know starting out as a kind of a pseudo terrorist conglomerate against the you know the uh, the <laughs> the the Catholic Church and uh, what King George the Eighth was it the Eighth. I'm not sure remember which which King George's was, but um, with, with that being, or I think it was the fourth. With that being said, uh, you know, d- despite coming out of a real, relatively violent uh, beginning and a, a very anti uh, English government beginning, Western culture originated and revolved and kind of collectivized around an idea, 
an ethereal idea that we could all get together and say, look, we agree on these few basic things, you know, the, 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 uh, the, uh, right to liberty, Mm -hmm. the right to happy, the pursuit of happiness, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the ability to kind of pave your own way and path without anyone telling you what you can or cannot do. See, but those are external things. I understand. Which is, is the key to it. And that's that's, well, that's guess, the key. Well, I guess my point is I'm starting to see this odd cultural regression in which we're throwing that out in favor of things that are semantic and false. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it in the sense that we can't think these things are important. I mean it in the sense that when we discuss civil society, when we discuss tribalism, I mean, civil society, it refers to a space for collective action around shared interest, purposes, values, generally distinct from government and commercial uh, you know, for-profit actors. And guess what we're all doing now? We're doing the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. We're doing it around government. We're doing it around for-profit actors. Mm-hmm. Where do we all expect this to go? And we're gonna be we're gonna be a hyper. We're backsliding big time. Well, I don't think we're backsliding. I think we're we're, we're well we're regressing, but we're also evolving simultaneously. Mm. We're phase shifting. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So yeah, because you can't regress and progress at the same time, can no. you? Uh, or can you? Maybe that, that maybe we, that's maybe that's the the thinking you have to have. Well, are we talking because about it, the the simultaneous cells in two different areas? What was that? What is that? The um, that's called. Uh, well, you would know better. Yeah. <laughs> we'll lost for words. Yeah, exactly. Sciency word. No, it, no, it's called entanglement. Strange entanglement. Yes. And 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 it was something Einstein looked at and said, "This can't be real." Of course, but and now now we look at stuff and we're basing quantum computerization on that very subject mm-hmm. that two things can be in the same place at the same time. In in the basis of all that is that something can be both a wave and a uh, oh geez I lost it. It, uh, it, it can be two, in two different forms at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's why it can be in two different so like places a, at like the a same solid. time. A particle and a wave at the same okay, time. Yeah, that's, that's that's the basis for all that. So can something evolve and devolve at the same time? Maybe that's what we're doing. Because okay. I think some people, it's called deconstructionism, right? You got to yeah. tear down all the systems to build up new ones because the ones you had in place were falsehoods. Well, well, that, well that all just ties back to critical theory. I mean, critical, and you can yeah. critical mm-hmm. theory can tie into anything. And I think, look, I think critical theory, I mean, my personal opinion, I think it's a pseudo, uh, a little bit of a pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I understand that there are instances where we should say, look, we need to go and kind of change these things. We need reform. We need to change the way we think. There's nothing wrong with being progressive, at least in a controlled way. And that's, I mean, that's like a good, a good analysis. But that's antithetical to what a lot of progressives today would because tell you. Because they don't understand. It can't be controlled. It's yeah. got to be out of control. It's got to be chaotic. Well, the only reason they do that is for political purposes, though. And I'm not correct. to su- and, and I'm not to suggest that their ideas are bad. I'm suggesting that it's not coming from a traditional point of view. But that's don't you think that's an absence of thinking about the consequential nature of, of their position? I because I, I love the idea of saying, you know, that building, I, I took 20 years to put that building up, but it's just not up to code anymore. Let's take the whole building down and put a new one up, right? Because that's yeah, what they're talking but, about. And, and well, we're going to put it up in a mm, different image. I think different. the difference is that they don't finish and then rebuild. I think they tear it down and then they move on to something else. Well, the difference is, is so, that you keep the structure 
No. Well, yes, you yeah, keep well, the structure. Yeah. And, and, you ever we ever watch those those house flipping shows and all that kind of stuff? My name's Bob, when, and I here's my partner Gage, <laughs> and we're both brothers. How did we get into this industry? No one knows, but we're deep in Detroit <laughs> buying houses for one dollar and flipping them for eight hundred and fifty thousand. Wow. Welcome right to House Destroyers. You're right on the money there. But but you know what they do? They very rarely take it down to the ground. What they do is they look at the bones of the thing and they say, and they start visualizing how they can change it to update it, not to wipe it out, but that's not to say this was built by the wrong people. So we have to build it by people we like. Well, and that's the difference between traditional progressivism or liberalism, kind of like where I'm sitting with, with my very middle of the road views on some things. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the difference is I'll look at something and say, okay, the net positive for this thing based on statistics is overwhelming, but there are some outlying instances that are not very tasteful. They're very distasteful and we'd love to be able to eliminate that. So what can we do in the most logical way, in the most fiscally responsible way possible in order to reform this thing? There's a difference between destructionism because there's deconstructionism mm-hmm. and then there's destructionism. And I think deconstructionism isn't really isn't really even a good word because you have to reconstruct something after deconstructing it, right? Mm-hmm. Destructionism is just getting mad about something or getting obtuse to some idea by the virtue of said idea and then not listening to anything at all. That goes right back to the argument we made in our, our pilot podcast about emotion versus reason. Which is why you well, should listen to all of our podcasts. That is exactly right. <laughs> And not only that, subscribe to the thing. Follow it. Yeah. Follow because it. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We are officially there now. <laughs> uh, we're also on every major uh, podcasting platform. And with that, we're done. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But, no, I, the whole point of this, guys, I, I honestly, the, the whole point that I, from my meadow, my pasture that I'm in, Your standing meta, majestically meta. with the moon bright overhead shining down why, upon my iridescent boldness, boldness, do bullshittiness. Nocturnal? I don't... Well, we stand there, our knees are locked. Typically, I don't like to lay down. The, the wolves come and get Pretty you if sure you get bulls can lay down. But well, they can. By the they way, don't want to. They need to be ready in case stomachs. Of... There's one stomach with four different chambers. I like it. So. I like to think it's four stomachs. Yeah. So we were okay. both wrong yeah. there, but yeah, I was we I was more wrong. We're both there. wrong I was a lot, more by the way. Longer. We admit that we're wrong a lot. And this is an opinion podcast, but it's a very strong opinion podcast. And it's one that we want you to listen to, participate in. And join the conversation because that's that's what our world is about. We can't find common ground unless we talk. I think it's not even talking unless we take the small, small pieces of all of our peace-sized brains because we're humanity is not as smart Collective as we say we brain are. power. Well, we should take the small percentile it requires to take the time to digest something. Oh, really? You can't just automatically no. non-filter, just well, explode into a series of emotional blather well, with your million, you know, followers? Well, it's not. That's look, not the right look, thing to do, no, Wolfie? No, LeBron. Um, oh, look, oh, my, my, my point is you like... You weren't supposed to mention my name. Well, <laughs> you're a lot shorter in person. <laughs> but uh, I guess my point is, you know, you look at people like Elon Musk or you look at people like I would assume... Uh, like Nikola Tesla, or I would assume um, Albert Einstein, or Stephen Hawking, for example, mm-hmm. or, or uh, you know Richard Dawkins. Every single one of these individuals, as intelligent as they are, also takes the time to digest the other argument and understand it better than the person saying the argument and making the argument. Because here's the thing: 
those individuals were at least open-minded enough with most things to be able to understand that even though they were probably right about a lot of what they said and continue to say, because some of them are still alive. I don't know why I'm talking about Elon Musk as if he's you know, no longer in existence. Yeah. Um, no, not one of those people got to where they were at without serious collaboration. Well, not right? only that, they didn't get to where they were at without serious intrinsic meditation and thinking and not in mm-hmm. the sense of ohm but in the sense of taking the time to process what they're reading what they're listening to who they're listening to i mean we don't have to make these arguments that are so data driven that no one can understand them at the same time we can't profess to run around screaming personal an- anecdotes without being willing to listen to the data willing to acknowledge I think different that's things. that's the point i think i have no problem with people pontificating and even even getting ahead of their their reason at times in emotionally broadcasting their thinking as i I think i told you once before i envy often people that are able to speak their mind before even thinking sometimes they're number one they're extremely entertaining and they're they're free to expose to anyone in the in the crowd that's listening to them the the innermost you know thoughts they have initially the problem is is backing it up that's always the problem and so uh, you know the old adage is count to three right one two three (sighs) okay now was i supposed to sigh with you i really i missed i missed the class on you know in rehearsal you did that five or six times just the right way yeah i did that wasn't you (laughs) that was me looking at the mirror trying to you know yeah well Yeah, well, that's that's the way we do things these days. I, I get Well, no, it's not. No, no one looks in the mirror these days. No one decides to look in the mirror. Everyone decides to look at everyone else's mirror and point the finger at those mirrors and say, you guys all have the idea wrong. Yeah. And, and while they're pointing one finger at the, those people, guess what? Are Three really, fingers are pointing back at wow, themselves, right? Let's, isn't that, isn't that normally what sayings. happens in the mirror? I, I love the. It's true. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, with a, just, I guess with the final thought, I think that we should all be aware of we got to start giving each other a little bit more grace. We've got to start understanding each other a little bit more because if we're going to continue to have a civil society, we all need to be friends. That's kind of how this thing works. We have to collectively be friends. I mean, look, look, the great Winston Churchill, whether you liked him or not, he said wonderful things. He helped us get through World War II. If without him, you know, Adolf, super slicked back hairstyle, bad mustache guy would probably be still running the world today because right, they would have figured right. out the, the key to immortality and mm-hmm. we would have all been persecuted, especially my wolfy heritage of being a Norwegian Irish. Well, you know, the things I've read about Churchill is that, you know, he had kind of a combination of the two things we've been talking about here. Mm -hmm. He really, truly spoke his mind probably more than he should often. Well, because he had an emotional, uh, he had in a way, a gregarious, uh, that's the wrong word too. He had an influence over people. Yes. But at the same time, everything the history will tell you he thought things through well he also was smart enough to understand back then unlike a lot of us are today that you know when there's no enemy within the enemies outside cannot hurt you Mm, and when it comes from a social perspective we have to be able to understand that there very much are things in existence that don't want our way of life and don't want who we are as individuals to exist and it's unfortunate but a lot of things in life are unfortunate, like mortality. Mortality is unfortunate. <laughs> yes, it but is. But guess what? We all are going to get there one day. 
And there's many arguments that if we can somehow eradicate that, we'll lose our humanity anyway. So, uh, you know, when we talk about Winston Churchill, when we talk about these great leaders that we've discussed in this podcast, and when you hear about them in, in, you know, common day occurrences, or when you go about mm-hmm. the cities, and if, if some of them are still standing, because apparently every statue in the world is being torn down these days. Oh, my God. Except the Ronald McDonald ones, which is really confusing to me. Well, but, everybody loves evil clowns, right? Yeah, right. But when you look at these individuals, we should be looking at them and saying, what did they understand then that we don't understand now? Because... Mm-hmm. You have to do that with anyone before you. There's always something that someone gets. I, you know what I think part of that is? I, I honestly think that Self-awareness? Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's truly the way people view themselves first. And I know, I know everybody wants to look at everybody else, as you said, and point the finger and say they're doing something wrong, as we talked about with the cancel culture, accountability culture, what the hell you want to talk about. But the, the honest truth is everybody's kind of at least sideways glancing at themselves in that mirror. And, and instead of instead of involving and engaging their thoughtfulness about how they're developing themselves, they're just kind of seeing if their hair's in place, if everything looks the way they think they should look to the vast public out there, whoever their audience is. Yeah, which is a reflection of our social media stuff that we talked about before as well. Yeah, which is which is really sad because you keep bringing up man in the mirror. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite, by far one of my favorite songs Ugh. from the yes, late great oh, Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> love that guy. Uh, well, I didn't think a wolf could hit that high note. I can hit even higher, believe it or not. My voice is really rusty right now. You don't I'm have to grab something first to do that like <laughs> Michael, huh? <laughs> but, uh, Shimona. Um, but, yeah, he... Uh, that is by far... Well, not by far. I've got a ton of favorite songs, but when you dig into the lyrics of that, it's just... It, it, and he wrote, he wrote. probably eighty percent of all his songs himself. Yeah, it, pretty incredible. Yeah, and, well, and I would say he probably should have looked in the mirror a little bit more himself. Maybe a little but, bit, as South Park pointed out in my favorite episode. Oh, of all time. Yeah. climb the tree, children, climb the tree. I, I love, I love, I love their 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 image. I know it's not accurate, but oh my god, is it funny? Mm. I love that show in general. So yeah. shout out to South Park. Um, but what's funny about that is that whole premise of that particular song is based around it just a common moral argument of getting your own house right before you start criticizing the ones around you. Or as I said mm-hmm. earlier, you know, you don't throw, uh, you don't throw a rock from a glass. I got this wrong. What is it? Those who no. live in glass houses should not, should not throw, throw rocks. Stones. That's right. So, because you're inviting to be. You're biting to have your glass broken, right? Well, it's it's not yeah. even it's not even that. It's just not productive. I mean, we live in a civil society, right? So we expect people around so us in other to words, be productive. Build a brick house and throw all the rocks you want. More like a steel house, but sure, <laughs> bricks work too. Well, I don't know. I was kind of going with the song theme, and I do know there's a song called "Brick House." Right? Favorite. There's a brick. House. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, you know, it's funny because I I think the idea of reflection has so many different kind of underlying meanings because I think taking some time to reflect upon what you say, upon who you are, upon who you're dealing with, the tribe you belong to, the civilization you belong to, the thinking you do ahead of speaking is a wonderful position to take. 
but it all requires an accurate mirror first of yourself. Yeah. That's my view. Self-analysis. I mean, you have to know exactly right. You have to know, you know, what your position, and this is something that I, and you've experienced this, maybe not directly during our conversations because we're both relatively competent at bullshitting, but when it comes to actual topics of getting in discussion with individuals, I think the biggest pet peeve I have is when people don't have an accurate analysis of the argument. They don't have an accurate analysis of what their position is. So rather than having a rational discourse, they end up going back and forth about things that are irrelevant. So if I were to, it's interesting that you say that though, and I apologize for the interruption, but you're saying you, you, they don't have an accurate depiction of X, Y, Z. But that's your position on their accuracy. Well, yeah, and therein lies also, the problem. And that would be fixed first if somebody just freaking looked at themselves. Well, that's but sure. But also it comes from a, and I get what you're saying. I understand that. But there's also that consensus of a certain situation. There's information associated with the situation. I hate it when people there's the say, analytics, right? Well, yes, there's the analytics. And you can you can make an argument. You can make an argument based around those things while also taking into consideration anecdotes. You don't have to be all or nothing. You can be both. We can walk and chew gum at the same mm. time as some of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, personalities. Right. Two things before. can be right at the same mm-hmm. time, correct? And yes. two things can be wrong. Yes. So, you know, a lot of the time there's instances and discussions that I have with individuals that they don't take the time to educate themselves on certain positions that they take happens to me happens to you everyone has that you know instance where we're discussing thing out discussing things out of our purview probably right now i mean i'm willing to accept it i'm not a fucking i don't know everything um i'm I'm not an elon musk uh with that being said yeah i'm not a bull i'm only i'm merely a wolf with that being said at least in that instance if i'm wrong i'm willing to admit wrong if i if i if i don't have the information to back it up i'll admit that i don't have the information i won't speak out of my ass and it's okay to admit that. So I got a question for you because is, is this partly a function of, I mean, cause I think what we're talking about here has some deep underlying truths to it as far as, uh, you know, looking at yourself first and coming to determination of how to settle with yourself before you did, you, before you start settling with others it is part of this, perhaps that the type of mirrors that people are looking at themselves in are concave or convex or just not, you know, sculpted the right way. And so they get this, this distorted view, this reflection of them again from social media, again, from, you know, the, the groups that they decide to, to create a tribe around. I, I mean, a perfect example as a, as an, uh, as a example of, of what I'm talking about is, I mean, you go to the gym, right? All the time. I mean, or enough four to five days a week. I mean, so you got to keep up that wolfy physique, right? Yeah. I've so, been hitting the gains real hard so this year. <laughs> have you ever gone into a gym that doesn't have mirrors everywhere? Yes. Oh. Are you going to blow my point already? No, You're supposed no, to agree with that. Uh, no, no, I've never ever walked into <laughs> most my gyms. My gym is actually a clown house. It's yeah, one of those well, fun houses oh, where you, you must fit right in there. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, they play that music. But, but what clown house do you know of that doesn't have mirrors, right? The hall of mirrors. But, but well, my, that one my point, it wasn't really mirrors. Uh, yeah, that was, you, oh you crap. We keep, my, oh, like, damn it. Sorry. Warner brothers. Was it Warner brothers? You made that? I don't know. Keep but, mentioning 
All I, all I know stuff is that it's not ours. Remember the big thing when when clowns along the side of the road were scaring everybody and all that stuff was that going on. That still happens. The it's media just crazy. Doesn't pay well, the media anymore. only does what you know, fits their narrative anyway, dumb. and that's a whole nother they subject entirely. So hard, and you know why? Because they're looking in the wrong type of mirrors themselves. They think a reflection of themselves is altruistic, and they're doing the good for society and everything like mm-hmm. that. While instead, instead of conveying information, they're conveying only opinion. If they want to convey opinion, get on the fucking bo- uh, podcast with us instead. Well, oh my god, I, I hardly yeah, ever do that. Let's by the way. wait a sec. There, this is only episode five, but yeah, I would. No, agree I'm telling that at you, if everybody time, wants to be an editorial, if everybody wants to have have opinion shows, great. Label it a freaking opinion show mm-hmm. and make your opinion known and people will tune in or tune out based on that. Yeah, but, but it's not an telling opinion, every- though, if a prompter is telling you what to say. That's well, somebody's opinion. Who writes the prompters? Well, do we know? Is that all the even people discovered? from the uh, universities that, that they've thought, hired to? Okay, to write, right? <laughs> right? I, I, I'm making the joke of the guy, the the the, 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 the hosts are not the brightest is what i'm suggesting but sure yeah well, it's like that's, that's man when he would that, just oh, read whatever one of my favorite is on anytime the, i get on a plane every time, i have every, every time. single time well, i get first on a plane, you fall asleep as i the do plane I takes almost, off I do, immediately I do that. it is without fail the funniest it's, thing I've ever you know, seen i'm not sure life. why i do that entirely i think it's psychological that in case it goes well i'm not going to say that out loud anyway I think I think I like to fall asleep because I think what they do is they actually tone down the oxygen level in the cabins. Yeah. So I'm just breathing my own carbon dioxide. It could be the mask I have on these days, though, because I fall asleep constantly with that. Yeah, that could be it, too. But but my 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 point after a long sidetrack <laughs> is that when you go, you go into a gym, those mirrors there, if you if you read the studies on those things, they're they're slightly convex. That's why your muscles look bigger in a gym than they do in your mirror like at home. This is bullshit because it's it makes me bullshit. feel bad. It um, is bull, but it's not shit. Well, uh, okay. my muscles, my yeah. muscles have gotten massive. Well, it, so when you walk in, you're, so you're avoiding mirrors at the house now, and you're only looking at the mirrors no, in the I look gym in the because you we look have a like you're in the the, the, I, the, I know the den do. of the cave. The I look in the, the mirror all the time. But that in the Every shadows day. created by the lights in the they they create. A, a vision of yourself that's just slightly different than reality. You mean our eyes aren't And accurate? my point is, is that we all do that to a degree. We decide whether we're going to look at a real mirror or we're going to look at something just slightly different. That, and when you want to inflate who you are and what you do, you look at a mirror that gives you that conclusion. Was it? And that main mirror is all the response from these followers and likes and all this other stuff that goes on. Well, I think the problem, though, and this, I could be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. It was Nietzsche that discussed the the, the death of the ego, correct? Yes. So, and I know that right now, listeners, because I'm reading Thus Spoketh Zarathustra, which is by Nietzsche. He is insane, by the way. Nietzsche is, he... He isn't. He was. He, yeah. In he some was. reality, he's, he he's, still is. Well, you know what? Maybe we're all dead and alive at the same time. We're in a hologram um, anyway. This is all simulation anyway, uh, which I want to talk about someday. The simulation yes, we theory. Will. Those are fun. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> That's, I think, the problem is that people don't kill their ego. And I don't mean that in the sense that you need to do the Joe Rogan, take DMT and go out in the middle of the desert and be like, <laughs> oh, dude, my ego's dead now because drugs. Hey, no, I mean it like. By the way, I'm thinking about going to a sweat lodge next weekend. Do you want to go with me? That is not something you ask someone on a podcast. Oh, why not? Sure. What, uh, what? It's not illegal. What day? Well, it depends on how much peyote you take. But other than that. I'm down. 
Yeah. Well, hey, I'm thinking about listeners. It. Do you want to go <laughs> <laughs> start a poll? Give guys. them, give them a longitude and latitude, and we'll be there. Anyway, <laughs> but no, sorry. I guess, I guess my point is, and, and this is something that I, I, I staunchly disagree with with a lot of individuals because I think they take the position of killing the ego as as you know having to take this substance that allows you to perceive the world differently um, and you know see yourself for who you truly are. And I would argue that it's impossible to see yourself for your true for who you truly are without doing a few things, without keeping your ego in check, without understanding that you can be wrong, and without consulting other people and asking them what you could work on. Simple things. Mm-hmm. You don't need to take DMT or freaking uh, uh, ayahuasca to tell you that, even though I'm sure it's very fun to do so. And positing that argument of you need to do these things in order to do that makes it impossible you know for what? you to become a better person without the influence of something else. You know, Wolf, there are very few people that are their genuine selves. There's no such thing. Well, I'm sure there is. We go back to Mother Teresa. I got a feeling she was as close to her genuine self as any human yeah. possibly is. But my point is, is that we contextualize everything. We should contextualize everything because we live in a society where we have to be around others. We're social animals. We are. And part of that is understanding where you fit in in any particular context that you are socializing within. Any, any tribe has a hierarchy, implicit or explicit. And we as human beings can feel that with each other and we accord appropriate um, relations with other people based on that perception of where our where we fit into that hierarchy yeah that's normal well and that, but and it all i'm sorry about that okay. but it all comes down to again how we view ourselves we spend half our time these days uh deciding what world uh, changing thing we can be a part of when we can't pay our credit card bills well, no, but I think I don't think those two things. I get what you're saying, but I don't necessarily think that example is, is a a prime example because I don't think that you have to be fiscally responsible to be an ethical person. Well, it's um, not about ethics or a moral person. It's not about morals. Uh, it's about where you decide to put your energy. Yes, but I under, But also, I think that ethics and morals does play into it because you're gonna if you're a decent individual, you're gonna understand that there are conducive situations for you to like paths for you to go down that are beneficial and have a net positive. Those paths normally are ethical and moral, like giving, being a giving individual. Being Your story earlier was a great well, example or, or, of giving. Or, 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 I mean, well, here's the thing is like for, for those of, for those among us who, who are so, uh, opposed to ethereal things like theology you know, what's so very funny about theology is that there are actual stories, actual parables, actual lessons that whether you agree with the damn books or not are beneficial. They're beneficial to think about. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to apply them. I mean, the argument that I have with most everything is if I think something's bullshit, I'm not going to apply it to my life. 
doesn't matter if everyone else thinks it's true or not. And I don't mean in the sense that, okay, someone says, well, you know, we probably shouldn't, you know, murder. I'm not going to be, you know, totally contrarian. Okay. Mm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when things are sensitive of a sensitive nature that we don't know everything about, be it science, be it, um, you know, some avenues of math, be it some avenues of politics, uh, you know, uh, logic, theology. I take what I think makes sense and I leave the other stuff to be explored at another time. And, and I think that's an appropriate behavior, would, human behavior yeah. to take. Well, and, and so when it comes to stuff like the theology, you know, for one of the final things that, you know, I thought was important just generally is a good general topic that people need to understand is that we need to keep ourselves in check just as a general rule for society. And, you know, I grew up in, um, I grew up in a very kind of sort of religious household and I wouldn't profess to be in that position personally anymore. Uh, I would suggest that I probably know more than the average bear. And the one thing that, you know, has always kept me grounded to some degree is some of the lessons that I learned about keeping yourself grounded. And so many people these days, as you said a little bit ago, they're trying to paint themselves in such a light to be accepted by their social atmosphere, their social sphere of influence as the ultimate um, example of what everyone else should attain to be. And the funny thing about, I guess, not to get too preachy, but one of the oldest books ever, one of them, not the, but one of the oldest books ever written talks about this specifically in Matthew. And that's where we lost all the listeners. Everyone tuned out then. Um, but in Matthew, it talks about this stuff. It's a new, one of the books in the new Testament of the Bible. It talks about how we need to be careful not to practice our own righteousness in front of others to be seen, to only be seen by them. Because if that's the case, if you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. Now, whether you accept that as true or just a bunch of baloney or not, there is a viable message there. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be doing things that are quote unquote good to get kudos. Yeah. That, well, that, that makes for immoral. It's immoral. The Bible is a, is a, a tremendous uh, it's a tremendous epic story. It's a tremendous epic history, and it has it has truths within it. Whether you believe much like any anything book that's super correct, old. and and I think to your point, you take what you want in pieces from things as they apply to who you. Yourself. Yeah. That's right, and that's that's the point I'm trying to make. And it's great to be an example to others to stand up for the fact that you want to plant more trees for this world, or you want to try to solve an educational issue for our country, or whatever. But my point is, and I think our point of this, looking in the mirror and identifying who you are first, to me at least, is that you can be an example. But you can't be an arbiter of what's right or wrong. Yeah. And everybody wants to do that now. Well, I think also, and this comes from my experience in, you know, team sports growing up, uh, the leaders on our team were not the ones that walked up and sh walked up and screamed the loudest, I'm the leader. They're the people that just did something and didn't give a shit about what people thought about what they did. They did it because they knew it to be the right thing at the time. And mm -hmm. if they were wrong, they would admit wrong. 
I mean, the Federalist Papers talks about this. Stay away from the ambitious. Keep the ambitious out of government. Keep mm -hmm. them out of positions of power. Because the ambitious are going to get into positions and say, I'm doing this because I want the recognition of just for the sole purpose of being ambitious. And I that's want the power. all we have now is ambitious people in those well, positions. We have that throughout society. Correct. So so it's not, as, as I've said earlier in earlier podcasts, you know, politics is downstream of culture. People do not check their egos these days. They don't say, I'm going to do this without recognition. I'm mm -hmm. going to give this person money without recognition. That's because I'm, they've recognized over time that the only way to get into a position to make decisions that affect things that are bigger themselves is to keep raising their hands and drawing attention yeah, to themselves. But, but, so it's counterintuitive. Yeah, no, it's not, though. And, and this is and I understand what you're saying, but I don't agree. I think well, that, I think it's wrong. But, but I think but that's what happening. You can still get into a position of leadership without raising your hand and saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. I'm the right Historically, person. Historically, true leadership will do that. That's what absolutely. I'm so now, I, I don't you know, I have not read enough history on Martin Luther King Jr. at all. But I've I've listened to some of the, the speeches and seen what he did and the the um, what he viewed as the methodology to get his point across was a servant leadership methodology. He would not fit today. Yeah, not in what's going he on. He didn't fit back then either. Is my point? Is 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 these true leaders like the 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 George Washingtons, the Martin Luther King Jr., the Martin Luther King Juniors, the uh, the 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 Gandhis, mm -hmm. the Mother Teresas? Mm -hmm. They didn't fit in then either because what they understood is through activity and virtue of doing the correct thing without anyone noticing, the results will come anyway. Right. Right. And and so. Yeah. I guess that's my point. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think we're talking about around the edges of the same so. stuff. But I think I think you're right. This the the whole idea and I go back to Mother Teresa again. There's a person that could have lived and died in total anonymity and didn't. Everybody knows who she is, who she was. Everybody knows the impact she had on the the um, culture of India, on the Catholic Church, on uh, the overall way we view uh, the ability to give well, to others. Well, look at Nelson Mandela. He's another great example. Mm -hmm. I mean, these individuals, they found themselves in situations that were either, you know, with Nelson Mandela distasteful mm -hmm. to the particular, you know, life that he was, you know, existing within. But he also, or uh, what was the, what was the Irish? Um, there was a group of Irishmen, four Irishmen in the 80s. Um, hmm. I can't remember their names, but they were like, when I was in Northern Ireland, they had murals all over the buildings. Yeah. Um, but they starved themselves in jail. They went to jail oh, and yeah, they starved yeah, themselves. Yeah. And I can't remember their names. I'll probably bring it up next podcast. But I guess my point is these people chose to do something for something greater than themselves mm -hmm. in absence and disregard of the recognition that they may or may not have received. The same goes with uh, the, the most famous musicians of all time. Mozart died, mm -hmm. kind of poverty young. stricken and, and 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 young. I mean, he, some of the greatest artists of all time. So, the same way, yeah. So you you have these individuals who do things because they knew it was the thing that they needed to do. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to our culture today, we don't have enough of those people. So how do you get people that truly believe that the right thing to do is to be anarchists? How do you get them to step back and try to to view things? in a different way. I think true anarchists, true anarchists don't run around screaming how they're anarchists. I think true anarchists understand that to have absolute anarchy 
is an impossibility, not only for their well-being, but for the well-being of every individual. So they take well, a position on something. Well, this is like libertarianism. Mm -hmm. They take a position on something that is just in, in um, ones who understand their position. They take a position on something that is in opposition to the thing that they disagree with, while also understanding that there is a correct and logical way in today's day and age to go about it. You can no longer throw all the tea in the, the bay and say, okay, we're no longer going to look at you because you know what? You, we're not going to longer going to listen to you. We're no longer going to uh, uh, adhere to your rules, England, because there's too many people now. You, you, not Look, people are smart enough to understand that they are at a certain point in time entirely mortal. I, I Look, I am in opposition to big government, but I'm not going to take all my weapons I'm not going to go and start attacking them randomly. I'll vote correctly. I'll vote for people who I think up, up, uphold so, my ideas. So, so you're trying to work within the context of how our civilization is developed. Most every person alive today who is not either A, dead from doing stupid stuff, <laughs> or B, in jail from doing stupid stuff. Most every single one of those people understands that that is an unspoken agreement of the society that we live in. That is something that does not need to be taught. And I mean that in the sense... Uh, but that is what's becoming absent today. I don't think so. I, I, well, I, yes yes, and no. I think that the idea is not becoming absent. I think the action is, not, is becoming absent. Which people who, as you said a second ago, if they're true anarchists, understand that the safest point is to have the power. Mm -hmm. And if you're fighting against the power, guess who doesn't have the power? Yeah. I mean, once you're in power, guess what happens? Everybody that used to be mild and manner mild mannered mm -hmm. are now becoming anarchists from your point of view exactly so i i think i think to kind of to round this out for me i think that that there's got to be an understanding that individuals and even groups and even tribes will look at uh their point of view and determine that their best way forward is is constructed within parameters or without parameters depending on whether they're whether they're believers in the the outcome uh, requires something more forceful or not, you know, ju ends justify the means kind of scenario or not, right? They they a lot of people believe that. So the the question really becomes is how do you how do you get people that have decided to be on the fringes of that working within society again? You know, uh, well, let me let me finish my thought because what I see happening is the people that are on the fringes and that are the vocal minorities on any subject are the ones that are getting all the attention because if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, but they're getting all the attention because the people who actually have the power are redirecting the attention away from themselves. That's my argument. These the people, the outlier people, why? because they get more done that way. The, the outlier people will always exist. I mean, this is outlier that people have always existed. That's my point. So this but is something that will, will they've always... been kept as outliers. Then they're still outliers. They're not. They're because no, no, this, no. going back it, to the it, cancel culture. No, what's I happening understand. right now? Okay, so there's only about two million people or two to four million people in the United States on Twitter. Okay, so and they're all wielding the power. Yeah. Eventually, the quote unquote power is going to shift to the actual conglomerate of people who are antithetical to that type of operation. My my point in saying this is this is all a cycle. This bullshit happened in the 60s. It's happening today. It's going to happen in the future again in which people become complacent with society. Yes, I. you can shake your head and you can disagree with me. That's fine. But people are going to become complacent with what they have. 
they're going to say, okay, well, we're just going to kind of release the reins a little bit and give it to people who just won't, you know, stop screaming. Eventually, the power if shift. You will come. keep rewarding. They're, but that, but all the screaming and yelling, uh-huh. then you'll get more screaming and, and yelling. What you'll do, calmer is, and, heads and, will not prevail in that situation. If the minority keeps screaming and yelling, sure. But eventually, the majority is going to wake up. And the real question that we've always had, you know what though? And the question I've had for you, and the question that I have for me, is when will that threshold show up? I know exactly when. You want me to tell you when? The Don't bull say it's knows. Too late, because that's. You know when it happens. Hmm. When that accident in that four-way cross happens, that's yeah, when it well, happens. That's, that's too late to save the life. Yeah, that's my that's, point. But that happens in every single. But the culture. question becomes: Is that I, I know we're using an analogy here, but that crossroads, that that tragic thing that happens, is our freaking country. It's our way of life. It is changing dramatically, and it will never change back. Not that it should. Mm. It should evolve. I, it always I, I should. Think, I think that. But that's that, that's where I think I disagree with you a little bit. And I'm not saying in the sense that I don't think that it's changing for the positive. I think we're having a, an overall net negative effect on society. Um, but this same argument was probably position was probably talked about during the Civil War. And the the thing that I think people refuse to understand, whether it be me, mainstream media or or alarmists when it comes to climate change or alarmists when it comes to politics is that things will eventually right themselves and in order for instances to occur like you know 1940s germany or 1960s russia a lot of people a lot of people have to just be asleep at the wheel and i don't well, think that that's the case today and the reason i don't think that's the case is cuz right now you and i are talking about it mm-hmm. and we're not the outlier we i would argue are probably the norm just oh, like yeah. almost right every single person yeah uh, but here's what happens though here's how change occurs and the best example i could use for this is an immigrant that comes over from uh, it name your country it doesn't even matter ireland ireland oh well that's name a non-english speaking country for my point okay Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know I what? Love Northern Ireland that, so much. And it's not, it's so true, and the way though. they talk, you can barely understand, right? Oh, I love it. Though. But it's no, let, let's say somebody's from Czech. Okay. Sure. So they, they come over from one of the Eastern Bloc, and, and the family comes over, and the uh, parents and grandparents that come over never ever assimilate into in, any kind of English culture. And the kids go to school and they have a combination of English and, and whatever, you know, Polish or whatever language they originally came from. And then when the next generation comes, you know what happens? They speak English. They remember their heritage. And they've, I, I hate to use assimilate, assimilated because we go back to Star Trek and you think of the Borg and that kind of thing. But that's how, that's how the history of these things disappear in the minds of the generations. You, there are people yeah. today that don't believe in the Holocaust, don't believe we even went to frickin' a massive they're, minority, though. I'm that's, sure they are. That's, that's not my point. The, my, my point is, is that history goes by, generations go by, mm-hmm. and people forget or change the way they remember these things. And that's how this stuff disappears over time. But it never goes back to the used to be. If, if, somebody, came, if somebody came back from the late... Uh, 19th century and uh, popped into our room right now and saw us doing this, they would think they're with some aliens. 
Sure. None of this technology was even around. Yeah. None of the ways to communicate with people. They wouldn't know what a cell phone is. None of it, it's so different. But but and I get what you're getting at. But again, I think my point as optimistic as it is, even though I'm a relatively cynical person, still rings true in this instance. Most people and I'm when I say most, I mean like ninety percent of people just want to be left alone. They mm-hmm. don't want to deal with this bullshit. Be it in and look, you can have a bleeding agree. you can have a bleeding heart for all the causes. You know how many of those bleeding hearts, if you know, this country were to go to war, would actively jump in and serve? Zero. Because they want to be left alone. Social media gives them a platform to say things that they otherwise really don't actually believe in because they're not jumping on board in every instance and active and actively living their life behind this thing. It's like a it's 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 like with um with with what the Bible and the bring it back up. I'm sorry for those of you who you know, hate this stuff, but well, actually, I'm not sorry because you should you should you know, grow up a little bit. But <laughs> but the point I guess I'm making is that the argument posited in the Bible by uh, you know, Jesus was you're not a legit prophet or you're not a legit disciple if you don't follow me meaning people can talk all they want to about something but if they're unless they're actively doing something they only like talking about it Mm -hmm. i'm look i I will talk till i'm blue in the face about politics i'm never ever gonna serve ever i will never ever throw my hat in that 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 bucket i'll talk about it but i'm not gonna go become a politician and most people are like that. They'll talk about whatever freaking group that they want to talk about on social media. But you know what social media does? Just like all of those bleeding heart uh, organizations that have tried to solve every problem in the world, absolutely okay, nothing. Okay, you heard it, everybody, today. The wolf will never become a politician. So when we have millions of followers and they're all, they're all saying, I believe everything I'm hanging on, every word the wolf says... And the, the wolf has a bunch of money thrown at him from PACs nope. saying, hey... Run for city council, run for mayor, run for representative, whatever. Do you because you can make an impact on this world. Do you want to know why? Because that's what you want, isn't that's what you're telling everybody on the podcast that you want to make an impact well, on the world. Once, I've never once said that I wanted to make an impact in the world. That's where not, you're doing I, it right I now. Directly said that. There are many we wolf have pups out there episodes. right now. We there are five. Episodes. There are wolf pups everywhere. <laughs> you, you, the bull's head is getting too big. He, he's no, the bull. I'm talking fame, about the wolf, the not fame, the bull. The, the bull is, is just here. Look, I'm standing in the meadow alone. I get what you're like saying. I like it. I get what you're saying, but this is my this is my my um for uh a a, a pawny response. Hmm. My trump card is I'm a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, this is The Wolf Speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of The Wolf and Bull Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build The Wolf and Bull cult. I mean, uh, The Wolf and Bull family. We can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first. But make sure to enjoy your day. But don't forget to leave us a review. Okay, bye.